As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another edition of the Metrospective, Pete McCarthy along with Tim Britton. It is playoff time, Tim. Are you locked in? Eight games in one day, Pete. <laughs> I think it was too many. I wasn't able to <laughs> I watched. I can't wrap my head around any of it. Especially because the first one went like five scoreless hours, and that was the one I had <laughs> on. It was just kind of I was I was sitting on my couch wondering if I should like, I've got to do something today. I've got to like pick up groceries. I've got to I've got to start the day. It's four o'clock already. Then you have the longest nine-inning game in baseball history, regular season or postseason. Of course, the Yankees involved in that, breaking their own record from 13, 14 years ago. So, yes, uh, the, the playoffs kind of are what they are. But they're, they're moving rapidly. As some of these series already wrapping up. Of course, the Mets already done here. And, you know, now you're kind of in a position, we look back on the season and some of the big headlines and moments over the course of this year. But you also had – some players who were being counted on in a big way, who I think kind of see their future change here. And the A number one guy to me, is I was so excited. We finally got to see Seth Lugo in the rotation again. And look, the performance wasn't good. Even the last start of the season uh, wasn't anything promising from Lugo. We did see the velocity drop. Personally, I'd still like to see him in the rotation last year. And to be fair to him and fair to the team, give him a full spring training to ramp up and full off season to ramp up as a starter. What would you do uh, in the future with Lugo? Yeah. You know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, I think before that last start that he had that, mm-hmm. that also went really poorly that I, you know, the, the Mets for the last couple of years have made their decision with Lugo contingent on what was on the rest of the roster uh, and kind of like, Oh, you know, if we have enough starting then we'll stick him in the bullpen. If we need a starter, we'll, we'll put him there. And I would like the I would prefer them make the decision based on where they think Lugo is best. I think he's a good enough pitcher to dictate the decision. Um, and and I, I still think uh, that starting like he can still be a pretty good starter for you. I know the the ERA uh, as a starter was over six in seven starts. Uh, it's seven starts. It's only twenty six innings. I think it's really difficult to judge a guy transitioning to the rotation in the middle of a season like that in the middle of this season like that. Uh, and it was really, it was two very bad starts at the end of the season. Uh, and I don't think that's enough to condemn him as a starter long-term. Uh, I think you've got to make the, the 
evaluation more based off his stuff. And that's, again, where it's difficult to say, you know, the velocity was down uh, and it got down. It, it lost. He lost velocity the deeper he went into games. Uh, and you wonder, is that because he wasn't built up as a starter this season uh, and he wasn't ready for all of that? Or is it because he can't do that as a starter? Uh, so I, I think I would I want to give him kind of a fair opportunity or fairer opportunity than this was to be a starter. Uh, and that's giving him the entire offseason, having him come to spring training as a starter. Because here's the thing. He can go back to the bullpen on a whim, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you don't want to bounce him back and forth, but really the, the hard transition is going from the bullpen to starter, not as much vice versa. We saw him in 2018, was prepped as a starter, was going to be a starter out of opening day, then went to the bullpen and became a valuable piece pretty quickly for that team. So I, I think you operate like he's going to be a starter, and one of the things I like about having him in the rotation early next season uh, is, you know, he's a guy you're not sure of how many innings he can throw over the course of a season. And let's say er- everything goes according to plan in your rotation next year. You start with a certain five guys and those five guys are doing well. And then you get Noah Syndergaard back in June. Then maybe that's when you say to Seth Lugo, okay, you've done well, but you know, we, we could use you in the pen more now because we've got Syndergaard. We can piggyback Syndergaard with you while he's first coming back, that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I still want to see him as a starter. And it, it does dovetail. That is where the team's bigger need is now anyway. So I, I think I would go in that direction despite the, the, the two starts at the end of the season. I'm with you, but, but listen to the full answer. This is the worst part of the whole thing. They moved Lugo to the rotation in the middle of the season. The results weren't good. They hurt the bullpen, hurt the rotation in the short term. And you still don't really have a long-term answer on him. Right. I mean, that, that's one of the concerns I had about making the move in this specific situation in 2020, where you just weren't going to give him enough time to, to get a proper evaluation of him. And I, I thought he would pitch better, too. How about Edwin Diaz? He did generally do the job. He still surrenders some home runs, and it's not as easy as maybe you would like. It's not going to be one, two, three innings left and right. But there's no doubt he was vastly improved from 2019. I still can't say I trust him, and I understand that there are 30 teams out there that and fan bases that probably dislike their closer. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the Mets dangle Edwin Diaz and, and make a move there. What do you see his future as? You know, I, I understand the lack of trust. Like, uh, I've... I don't think as a person who grew up rooting for the Mets, there was ever a Mets closer that I've trusted. Uh, going back to, to John Franco walking the bases loaded in, a lot, in, in probably not as many outings as it felt like at the time. And, and I like what Ron Darling said in the, I think it was the last game of the season. You know, no team, it seems like every fan base hates its closer outside of like when the Yankees had Rivera. Um, and I, I think when you look at where the bullpen is right now, if you trade Diaz, you just have to replace him with a pitcher like Diaz hmm. as soon as you get rid of him. Um, and, and I don't, you know, the market for him is not going to be what it was off of 2018. You're not going to get a Jared Kellenic type talent back. Uh, you're in a win now position. So you don't necessarily want uh, a, a Jared Kellenic couple of years down the road type talent back for Edwin Diaz, even if you could get him. So I, I don't, I, I understand that fans who didn't like him from the start because of the trade. Then he justified their dislike at the beginning of all well, he ruined 2019. The 2019 yeah. season. Like any, I mean, any value you had for him in 2019 disappeared. And now that he's got a little bit back, we're saying sell high, get rid of him right away. Hmm. Uh, especially now that he's making money. Um, but I, I, I don't, you know, you'd have to 
you'd have to spend about the same amount of money to try to find a different guy to do the same thing that he did pretty well this year. So disappointing. <laughs> I'm going to have to this is, live this with is that why, trade is, for another year every time he comes in. This is why I don't like trading for relievers, even off of really good seasons, because it's, it's so unpredictable hmm. year after year. And that, that was hammered home to me every time the Red Sox traded for Mark Melanson or Andrew Bailey uh, or, or all those guys they dealt for who, who couldn't do it uh, the next season. And look, the Mets just don't have the pitching depth where you can, you know, send a young starter and say, all right, you're going to pitch out of the bullpen and we'll work it out. This is something the Mets have been able to do in the past with Robert Gesellman or, or Seth Lugo, obviously with some better results with Lugo in recent years, but that, that doesn't really exist uh, right now. So it would be very difficult to replace Edwin Diaz as much as, uh, as, as much angst as he causes me. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, maybe the most interesting player the Mets will have to make a decision on this offseason is Med Rosario. Is he an everyday shortstop? Andres Jimenez has really pushed him at that position now. We know Robinson Cano is going to be back at second base, and I think we can expect Jeff McNeil to play a variety of positions, but uh, might very well be right back there at third base. So, you know, I... You can't really give up on Rosario. I know we talked about him a few podcasts ago. I wouldn't mind taking a look at him at center field in spring training, uh, but he's going to have to earn his spot. There are no more free at-bats for Ahmed Rosario. He's going to have to do something in order to get himself on the field going forward, and we saw a little bit of that at the end of this past season. Yeah, you know, he. I, I thought the Mets handled him reasonably well this year uh, because I remember writing in – mid-August, early to mid-August, the way Jimenez was playing, I think fans wanted Jimenez to be the everyday shortstop, that it was too early to change your mind on Rosario as the everyday shortstop in 2020, even if you were already thinking about changing your mind in 2021 and beyond because of what Jimenez brought you. Uh, you know, Rosario's season was so downhill, such a step back for him. It was the same OPS plus that he had as a rookie in almost the same number of plate appearances. Uh, you know, he, he just looked kind of lost all the time. Uh, remember the game where he gets picked off at the end. He's not even trying to steal, didn't try a stolen base all year. Um, that, that it's really Jimenez looked good and Rosario looks so bad that has you in this dynamic. Uh, I'm interested in what he could look like in center field because as a right-handed hitter uh, in center field, that, that would fit their need pretty well if he could handle the position well. But I don't know that he would do that. And I don't know that he's, you know, he's not so good offensively that you carve out a spot for him. Uh, just because of his bat, uh, you know, if, if he's out in center field and he's a 
average to below average center fielder with a, an OPS that starts with a six, that's not really doing anyone any good. Yeah, what does that, he do well, right? I mean, that's, that's a big question for Rosario at this point. Yeah, I, I still don't think you trade him uh, unless another team says, you know, we think, you know, and this happens with the Mets. Uh, another team thinks they can get more out of him than you can. Mm-hmm. They think he's an everyday shortstop right now. Like, you know, Tampa Bay comes calling in the offseason uh, <laughs> and offers you something good. Uh, maybe you do that and then watch him blossom in Tampa Bay because that's kind of what happens with team with, with, with the Rays. Uh, but I, I don't think, and, and this goes to the, the roster as a whole because I, I see people commenting on, on Twitter or on my stories about guys like, about Smith and Alonzo, about Rosario and Jimenez, about Nimmo in the outfield and Davis and all these guys. It's not a terrible thing to keep them all. You don't need to trade someone just because right now they're not an everyday player and they, they seem superfluous to your everyday lineup. Uh, you want to build that kind of depth, especially when these guys are in early in arbitration or in pre-arbitration and they don't cost a ton of money. Like having J.D. Davis as a, as a bench player is not a bad outcome for the 2021 Mets. Uh, it doesn't mean that they didn't take advantage of their assets fully. They're, you know, If another team thinks J.D. Davis can be its everyday third baseman and will trade you value commensurate with that sure but it's not a terrible thing to have him as your first option off the bench uh late in games as a pinch hitter or when somebody gets hurt at a variety of positions because you have versatility with mcneil uh in there especially with the dh now right and this is going to be a permanent thing you you i think we all assume the dh is going to stick around so i don't think there's a need i think there's a lot of fans who are just like what can we get for these guys you know what reliever can we trade Ahmed rosario for and it's like no one good enough to justify it in, in my mind. So I, I think it's, it's okay to keep all these guys to see how next year goes, to not make snap decisions off of a 60-game season. You know, if, if Jimenez – I think the idea is that Jimenez can play shortstop well enough that even if he slumps, the rest of the lineup is pretty good around him. He doesn't need to be a big offensive piece for you. But, I mean, there's also the, the scenario where he's hitting 160 two months into next season, and that's just, you know – not a, an acceptable amount of offense for anyone in the major leagues. Like that's a possibility and you would like to have someone there in case that happens. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's okay for them to have this kind of depth where, you know, guys who seem like everyday players who are good enough to be everyday players aren't everyday players. It's worked for the Dodgers. That's worked for, for teams like Tampa Bay. Well, uh, look at the, the 86 Mets, right? Look how loaded that roster was and who was on the bench for a, a lot of those postseason games. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's okay to have depth. It's good to have depth. You don't need to turn every major league asset into something that fits your roster better necessarily right now. Yeah, we'll be looking forward uh, much more over the next week. Obviously, Brody Van Wagenen's future, Luis Rojas's future, uh, the ownership change, if there's any news on that. So we'll continue to be your resource for Mets baseball going forward here with our next episode on Tuesday. Always a pleasure, Tim. Adios, Pete.